You're listening to the Player Layer Podcast. I'm your host, Ivan Alexiev, and today I've got with me Giuliano Dragulano, a game designer for Dining with Dracula, which is on Kickstarter right now. It is a two to four player worker placement game, uh, which has some innovative mechanics, a cool, quirky theme, uh, some great, great artwork. And he joined me and told me about what they did um, to make the game, how they've been running their uh, publishing company, Too Fat to Fly Games. And it was a awesome conversation to have. I think you will enjoy it. And thanks for listening. I'm here with Giuliano, who is one of the designers for Dining with Dracula, and this is your third game uh, going through Kickstarter with Too Fat to Fly games, right? Yeah, the first one was Moonshiners of the Apocalypse, then uh, Trouble in Templetown, and now we're we're going on it again with Dining with Dracula. Awesome, the, the game looks really good, and I really like that you have a similar style of all three of the games. Uh, both in artwork and theme and mechanics. But uh, before we get into that, could you tell me about, like, give me a, a, a game pitch of Dining with Dracula, how it works? Well, flavor-wise, it's about Dracula being old and tired. And he does, just doesn't want to do it anymore. So he invited to his castle all his, uh, you know, long-lost uh, grand-grand-grand-whatever sons and daughters to compete over who will become the next Dracula and also inherit his uh, domain, mm-hmm. that his name and domain. And as a game, it's, um, well, at the core is a worker placement, but we added a few nice twists. One of them is uh, the, the clock. Uh, there's a shared clock on the board. And uh, whenever you do an action, it might cost uh, one or two hours. And uh, sometimes you can do up to three actions on your turn, which will, uh, you know, eat up more hours on the shared clock, which means that everybody's trying to maximize their, uh, their, their, uh, their actions. So not only they gain more, but also to take more time from the others. Because when the clock gets to midnight, it's time for Dining with Dracula. And that's the second feature that the game has whatever you do during the day building and whatever completing uh, various stuff they are not victory points yet like in most of the games but uh, you only gain some favors and you need to 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 go to dinner to dining with dracula because you need to convince him to 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 you know to brag with those things that you did during the day, and to convince him that you are better than the others, which translates, mechanically speaking, into victory points. But the problem is that the dinner, to enter the dinner, you need to to bribe Dracula. And you do that with a combination of uh, stolen sheep, which is a resource in the game. Uh, you can have, you can give him, uh, you know, blood packs mm-hmm. from the clinic, from the hospital in town, or you can uh, steal a tourist and uh, just give him a tourist as a bribe. Only then you will be able to enter dinner and uh, uh, you know have a chance of converting 
your achievements of the day into actual victory points. And is that the only way to get victory points throughout the game? By both getting the points and then having to convert them? Yeah, I saw players, because this is probably, I don't, I don't think I saw something like this in another game. And I saw players uh, attesting, playing to, for the first time, at least for the first first round, for simply forgetting about uh, getting these resources for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not actually a problem because you can uh, gather them and uh, uh, convert double, convert more uh, in the next day. Uh, the game has uh, four rounds, which is, translates into four days, so you have uh, four chances of doing that. So, so even if you forget during the first round, you can uh, come back uh, the second or the third or whatever and convert them into victory points, and you can still uh, win the game. Is there only one person per round who is able to convert them? or? Oh, no, no, no. No, there, there are, um, if you take a look at the board, there are nine uh, various locations in which you can either take up some resources, and or you can uh, repair the souvenir shops that Dracula has because the board represents the tourist domain or whatever around the Dracula's castle. And these are the ways you are uh, gaining those favors you need to convert. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that uh, maybe the third thing that uh, makes this game different is that, let's say like this, you can have one, two or even three actions, I said before. This is, uh, you have your hero meeple, which is, as I said, one of the uh, long-lost grandsons and sons and daughter of, of Dracula, which are also slightly vampire, at least lesser vampires, let's call them. And um, you can, you know, like in any worker placement game, you can move, uh, get your hero and go to this location and do whatever action. Mm-hmm. But the best thing you can, the better thing you can do, um, no, actually, it's like this. Uh, at the beginning of each round, there is a boss, and uh, in the prototype, you don't have it yet. But in the end, there will be a you know a three D cardboard boss, in which eight tourists are coming at the beginning of each round. They're coming, and through a, you know random mechanisms, they are spreading around the board, mm-hmm. like visit you know tourists visiting the Dracula's domain. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was saying that the better thing you can do is instead of placing your hero on an empty space, you can place your hero into a space occupied by a tourist. Because you're a vampire, you can, uh, you know, hypnotize that tourist to go someplace else and do another action for you. This way you get uh, two actions. Yeah, I thought that was really cool when I saw the preview of the game, is that you ha- all the tourists are shared so that you can... Yeah, um... and, and they are shared. I mean, uh, nobody has uh, uh, his own workers, you have only your hero. But you have eight tourists on the map, mm-hmm. which you can. Uh, and the th- uh, the thing about the game is, it's um, the the situation on the board changes constantly, all the time. And you need to whatever you are planning now, it might not be might not might not be you know valid uh, after two moves of the, of, of the other players. So you need to constantly assess the situation on the board and act according to that. And there is a way to get a third action, but you need a combination that's a little more difficult to achieve. Because when you do that thing that I, with, uh, that I mentioned with a, uh, the t- a tourist, uh, you need to assign him. There are uh, all the time there are eight cards face up, tourist ability 
uh, cards. And when you are, let's say I'm going with my hero on this location, replace a tourist, do my action with my hero, and then send a tourist uh, to another location. When I send a tourist to another location, I need to assign him one of those cards. And these cards give extra abilities to the tourist. But the thing is, for example, one of them says, if uh, you are placing your tourist to, let's say, uh, take wood location, this card will give you an extra wood. But if you're sending the tourist to another location, not on the take one wood, take wood, then the card has no ability. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that you need to, you know, to plan uh, while you're playing. Saying that there's a possibility to do even a third action during your turn, and that is if you go with your hero on a location where the bus is, because the bus comes with eight tourists, leaves four of them around the board, and the remaining four, they remain in the bus. Like, they're too lazy to, you know, mm -hmm. to go around. And if you go with your hero on the, the location where the bus is, and you can, and, and if you can pay with uh, either a, a cold a, a cold beer or a donut, you can steal another tourist from the bus and use him too. Mm -hmm. So that's another way to you know to maximize your turn. And the thing is that uh, a round doesn't last you know one time around the table, but lasts as long as there are uh, there are still hours on the clock. So. We, they depending on on uh, what M I doing or the other players are doing, uh, it might last uh, shorter or longer. Yeah. Because remember, each time you are doing an action, you you eat up one or two hours per action. For example, if you take a resource, costs one hour. If you are repairing a souvenir st stand, it costs two hours. And if I'm doing, let's say, the extremes are. If I'm having all the three uh, actions I can have and I'm only taking resources, that means I'm consuming three hours on the clock. If I'm having the three same actions and with all three of them I'm repairing souvenirs, uh, souvenir stands, that means I'm eating up six hours on the clock and there are only 24. Mm -hmm. But usually uh, the game lasts one and a half or two times around the table, Yeah, depending on uh, what players are doing. Yeah, it's, it's really good that you have that kind of built-in timer, both with the clocks and the, the, the rounds, you know, having the rounds and the game. First of all, I want to ask you, actually, before before we get into more of the game, I want to ask you about kind of building that brand of your, uh, of Too Fat to Fly games, because I see all of the games, uh, all of them have similar themes, as in you have takes on kind of like horror themes, and you have similar artwork and I and I, I feel like you're you're doing a really good job of staying consistent with your games, at least thematically. And well, maybe you you haven't noticed, but each with each game of ours, our logo changes slightly. We have that logo with the the fat pig mm -hmm. sitting like you know like a Buddha, and for for the first game for Moonshiners, that was the you know the the basic logo, but. On the second game, Temple, the, the uh, Trouble in Temple Town, since that game is about uh, viruses and bacteria inside the body and all that, that little pig is dressed as a, as a medic. Yeah. And now with Dining with Dracula, the pig, which has a name, oh, by the way, his name is Ollie, <laughs> um, 
he's dressed as a vampire. And with, with every game that we're doing, we're changing. I mean, he's still 100% uh, recognizable, but he, he changes up his clothes. That's the thing. And yeah, well, I guess we're trying to do... Uh, mechanics aside, we're uh, we're trying to do funny games with at least mm -hmm. some humor in it, yeah. and that's why we're always looking for uh, uh, a team that is different and funny and quirky and tongue in cheek and all that. Yeah, and you definitely do it. I, I, what I feel is, is always you take something that's usually serious, like the apocalypse or yeah. uh, vampires, vampires yeah. and you just put that twist in there. Uh, yeah, is... that, that's our that's our recipe, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it works really well, and it, it looks really uh, good. And what about me mechanics? Uh, because I think uh, Moonshiners is also a worker placement. That's a, a Moonshiners is a I don't know I would call it a light 4x. Mm -hmm. It is worker placement, but there's also some dice combat. It's a uh, it's an uh, how do you call it uh, a gateway. 4x because usually 4x games are kind of heavy and Moonshiners is not. I mean, it combines various uh, uh, mechanics. Uh, Temple Town is, uh, I don't know, it's like pandemic, but with a few twists. And I'm not talking about flavor, I'm talking about mechanics now. Mm -hmm. How do you usually sit down to make a game? What are your first thoughts when, when you sit down and you, you, uh, you know that you want to make the next game? Do you usually... Like, first of all, do you first choose sort of what you want the theme to be? Or do you know what kind of mechanics um, you want? Yeah. Actually, it's a bit of both because I have uh, I have some ideas for uh, themes. And I have some random ideas that whenever I get an idea, I, I jot it down. And, and some ideas for uh, uh, mechanics. And then... I don't know, for Dining with Dracula, I think we started with, oh, how cool it would be to make a game about Dracula wanting to retire. And that's all that we knew in the beginning. Not long after that, we... Actually, I don't remember. I think I think it was both... Uh, I mean, team and mechanics come kind of in the same time, at the same time. But, for example, I don't know, uh, one of the ideas I know, I remember I have, I, I, we didn't work anything on it, but we have an idea for a easy card game, something about nuns versus terminators or something like that. But it's just an idea. It might never happen. I don't know. Could you tell me a little bit about the team that you work with? I know that you work with your wife, right? Yeah. Core team at the moment is just me and my wife, Laura. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we're working with a lot of people, and then the team gets extended with the artists, with other designers, with testers. Oh, one thing I, I, I'd like to talk about. We had this idea now for Dining with Dracula uh, and created this, I don't know, let's call it an event or mm -hmm. whatever, uh, called Dracula Around the World. Yeah, and we created, uh, we printed twenty something prototypes, and we sent them around the world, in mostly, of course, in Europe and US, and to various gaming groups, and each they had about seven to ten days to test the game, to give us feedback, to ideas, whatever, and then send it further to another group, and now 
there are 20 games traveling all around the world and we're still gathering we still got so uh, i mean the uh, the game it's quite done but we still got some cool ideas about how uh, which i think we're going to use and improve the game because it would be a pity not to we, we also got had, had got to you know improve the 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 manual the rule book a little bit i mean we had play tested and, and blind tested uh, the the game before but now with this uh, Dracula around the world thing, we got even more uh, feedback. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome idea, and it's so so great to like. For there's at least three or four different things which make that idea so cool in my head, and that's uh, first of all that you get you get so many people to try the game, you get some like free marketing just from <laughs> well not yeah. free, but but you get some marketing <laughs> just from. Uh, Having so many people try yeah. and talk about it, and you know, take pictures with the game, and and yeah, and also it's it's just a cool new idea uh, where I haven't seen any other game you know go go around so much. Well, it, it also fits with the somehow it fits with the theme because you know in Bram Stoker's mm-hmm. book, uh, Dracula and the whole story it's uh, uh, around Europe at least. Mm-hmm. They are traveling uh, in yeah. various places, and, uh, but of course that wasn't. Uh, a reason to vote for doing that but anyway <laughs> no it's, it's it's awesome and and i hope that what you got from it is you know some some good responses and oh yeah 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 for sure we uh, it's interesting <laughs> i mean i i we're at our third game and i have i still have no idea how should i say this we as I said, we tested it and blind, blind tested the game before uh, starting this thing, the Dracula around the world, and we still got okay, uh, good ideas. I think you can get forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're circling uh, around the game for about ten years, I'm sure in the twelve month of the tenth year, you will still there's a chance you still get an idea how how to improve the game. But uh, on the rulebook. Uh, it was interesting because we discovered that uh, there were two specific paragraphs, short short sentences that some people didn't get. The others the, the others did, but some people I don't know. Uh, probably it's about how each of us reads and interprets a manual. I don't know. But it was a very good thing because uh, you know we changed it immediately. I mean, after I think after. Two people mentioned that we immediately w- went back and first time we said yeah, yeah okay i don't know the others got it but then when the second guy came in and said i didn't got that i said okay this needs to be changed improved and we did it uh, yeah uh, i think this this uh, around the world thing we're gonna it's a good idea we're gonna keep it <laughs> I, I th- for I the next project I, I think I, I think that we're gonna see more and more publishers doing it I think it's not. Uh, we're not the first. I, I don't. I can't say any uh, any specific names because I don't remember. But I think I saw it. Uh, maybe not. You know. Maybe not uh, with a name on it, mm-hmm. like we're doing it. But I think I saw it before. I think it's. Uh, yeah, but it's not. Yeah, I don't know. It's not wide practice yet. It's not. There's not a lot of people doing it. Whilst. Oh yeah. Uh, you're going to be sending out review copies and preview copies. Why not send prototypes to just just pl- players and see how they feel yeah. about the game? Yeah, they, the players they matter the most. For the game, do you have any uh, like lore written out for it, or 
you know, any any story um, to the game, or do you just let the setting sort of tell the story for itself? There is a little bit of lore about, as I said, Dracula being tired, and uh, which will be in the in the rule book, also on the website, which will be done in one or two days. Uh, there also there is also some flavor texts on the tourist cards, which are uh, I don't know, we hope they are funny. Also, there are the gift cards, which have some nice flavor texts. There are some crazy objects you can uh, present to Dracula as gifts. There are of two categories. There are things that Dracula would like, like uh, I don't know, velvet linen coffin. Or uh, things that Dracula won't like, which you use, you know, to protect from from him or whatever. I don't know. There's a funny thing that I remember that comes to my mind right now is a UV disco helmet, which is a you know like a, a helmet you can have in your head with mirrors like a disco ball, which uh, uh, through some lamps shines UV light, mm-hmm. and you know UV is like. Uh, uh, sun so dracula would not like that <laughs> so it's a crazy contraption that and you know things like that and this i was saying that these cards also have some uh, some flavors and uh, uh, all of these i don't know they are creating the lore for the game yeah and what about your inspiration for games and where do you start off uh, designing a game if we have an idea about a nice mechanic that we wanted to try we begin building around it for example, we had one idea for Dracula. It's interesting. We couldn't make it work, but we built the entire game around it. But the 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 the, the initial idea that we had, we didn't we wasn't weren't able to make it work. So it was discarded. But the whole game was built around that idea. Or we might have uh, an idea for a theme, and as I was saying earlier, try to look for uh, ideas that we already have or not of uh, what mechanics that might fit with that theme. Mm-hmm. But usually it's a mixed process. I, I mean, I don't think we're starting with, oh, let's make a game about this and that. What mechanic would be appropriate for that? It's kind of uh, because, I don't know, when you're saying, yeah, it's 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 mixed. Uh, uh, it's a mixed thing. I don't know. We started with Moonshiners about, I think, there are four years ago when we first started uh, thinking about it. It was the most too difficult to design because in the beginning we had no idea what, what kind of game we want to make. We were just playing around and we, we probably we weren't even 100% sure that we're going to do that for a living. I mean, it was in the beginning, at the very, very beginning, it was just, uh, oh, let's try and make a game. And then it built up uh, slightly from there. Yeah. Up until up, of course, up until up until a point where it was clear that we really want to make that game. So, what were you doing before uh, it became your full-time job, and how did you get to that point where you could make your living off of games? Well, <clears throat> we decided that we really want to do this after our first game, Moonshiners, which founded quite well, but well, better than we expected. And although it was, you know, doing Kickstarters, especially in a team of only two people, is quite stressful. But we said, okay, this is fun. We probably know what we are doing. Let's try another one Mm. and then another one. And before that, I am, I don't know, a 
20, more than 20 years, 3D animator and director, animation director. And Laura, uh, she was in PR and mar PR and marketing. Yeah, and uh, I think it's awesome that you've been able to kind of translate those skills, I'm assuming, to uh, making the games. Yeah, f I don't know, for me, in many ways, uh, at least thematically, mechanically is different, but thematically making, thinking of a game and coming up with a team and all that is very similar with uh, directing a movie, an animation. For Laura, it's she's doing exactly the same thing as before, yeah. marketing and PR. There's this saying with uh, the movies that they are never completed, you just let the, letting them go. I think somehow is similar. I mean, you try to uh, test it the best you can, as many times as you can. Uh, you try to see all the angles. At some point, I mean, of course, it feels more and more uh, uh, round, the whole thing. And you see that with every iteration, I mean. And uh, the questions or the problems from the testers are less and less and less and less up until there comes a period of I like it or I don't like it, but no other problems. Uh, but in the end, as I said earlier, I mean, you probably can improve a game forever because there's one thing to have a finished game with a finished uh, rule book that uh, wor works 100%. And so it's a completely different thing to have a perfect game. Before we uh, finish up, uh, what would your ad advice be to uh, new creators and people who want to kickstart their games uh, because now you have quite a bit of experience with it. Well, kickstarting games, it's really, really not an easy thing. It's full-time job and you need to do your homework, read everything that you can read. I mean, I remember for the first, for our first campaign, we postponed the launch at least three times. I mean, three times we didn't, we, uh, without announcing it yet. But we thought we were ready, and then we said, you know what, we're not ready yet. Mm -hmm. And we, we kind of were, I mean, but we we kind of were prepared, and then we said, we can be better prepared than this. And then mm -hmm. we postponed it, uh, then and again. So uh, I think uh, Stegmaier said that, I'm going to paraphrase that because I don't remember exact, uh, the exact quote, but launch only when we're ready, not early, earlier. And that's a very good advice because... Uh, it's so easy to, you know, to come up with a deadline and then because of various reasons, not be able to meet it, the deadline. And then you say, oh, I got the launch because I said I'm going to launch. Oh, another thing. Announce your launch only when you are 100% sure that you are ready to, that you're going to launch that, that day. Don't brag about it before <laughs> because it might, it might backfire on you. I think that would be a good advice. Be as prepared as you can and don't rush because that's uh, there's a, a lot of things, uh, a lot of things to be done and a lot of things to understand. I mean, if you don't have experience with it, it's uh, and even if you have, it's difficult. Yeah, and there's <laughs> something that you learn every time. Every, every time there's something that you see that you could have done better. Oh yeah, but I think that's in every aspect of life. So let's not complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so that's much. That's valid for anything. Yeah, thank thank you so much for the interview, and uh, thank you. I can't wait for to, to, to see more of, of your games uh, because I, I I think they look great. Thank you.